This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the NTP studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Episode 155, my name is Josh, with you here every week, dedicated, a dedicated podcast host. And with me, with me again this week is Chris. Hello, Chris. What's up? And Mark. Oh, we should have had the cricket. You know what? I should have got the cricket sound. Mark, <laughs> Mark we did not rank uh, as important on um mark's <laughs> schedule this week we're not going to say what he's doing but he's blown us off this week so we have invited back eric and i don't know that it's fair to keep calling eric the intern i know it's, chris it's you, completely fair you and you enjoy that i i i kind of feel like it's a it's a a bit unfair to keep calling him the intern um <laughs> But we have brought back Eric because he wrote, if you're not familiar, uh, Car- Eric, Carrot. Why was I going to call you Carrot? Um, Eric is one of the masterminds behind K-12 Tech Pro. And he wrote an article a couple weeks ago because it, it is no secret uh, that Eric is no longer in the K-12 realm. He's now in private industry. Uh, it is unclear, though, if he had to leave or more to leave. I, it, that's, that's not clear. Um, but he wrote an article about now that he's on the outside looking in and seeing the differences between K-12 and private industry and kind of what that, uh, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. What's welcome up, back. Eric? Yeah. Welcome hey, back, Eric. Uh, I feel like I was brought in under false pretenses. I was told I was not going to be made fun of, not <laughs> going to be called the intern. And I did not know there was going to be videos. So I put a shirt on. So, well, you know, we sure. That is a nice shirt. Shirts are optional. I did. I did have to get dressed before we hit record tonight as well. Um, so I feel your pain, Eric. You know, when you when you get home after work, you just just you take it off. You don't feel like wearing clothes. I get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Wow. We're what thirty five seconds in and already off the rails like crazy. Um, it's been one of those days. I actually uh, got another listener email about David and NTP. Um, you know, we introduced NTP at the beginning of there. So <clears throat> NTP, they'll do, uh, they'll sell you Sentinel one, uh, EDR, the Sentinel complete. They can also be your 24 seven sock. They can be your seam monitor. S I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. S I E M, uh, destination. Uh, they can do a number of other things. Uh, and we have listeners that have emailed us and said, uh, Hey, you know, David's awesome. And his, uh, his crew, the soccer, awesome people. They're quick to respond. They're the nicest people on earth. I did have someone tell me that, that they were the nicest people on earth. Um, which I think is probably hard to gauge unless you've met a good majority of people. Right. On That's earth. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got another email from David or from a listener saying that they had to email the sock and said, Hey, uh, there's been some suspicious things going on with neighboring school districts. Uh, we've got a district that's down right now due to unknown reasons. And uh, if you see anything strange on my network, shoot it first, ask questions later, take the network down, do what you need to do to protect my assets. 
And the Sox said, understood, we will take action if need be. So they are watching you 24-7 if you contract with NTP for their 24-7 Sox services. Also, if you talk to David, when you email him about their services, dren, W-R-E-N, at NTP-Inc., ask David uh, about his pickleball game and ask him how he scored the last game. Uh, So, yeah, if you want more information about Sentinel-1, or what other services NTP can offer, like 24-7 Sock, shoot David an email. And bonus points if you ask about pickleball. So, let's get into it. How was your day, Chris? I had, uh, well, I I know why Eric left uh, K-12. Oh, yeah? And it, it was two words. Uh-oh. Infinite campus. <laughs> it broke him. Eric, am I partially right on that? Like partially. Moving to a a new sis. I cannot confirm nor deny. (laughs) Uh, I I had another, I had another, you know, meeting of Infinite Campus today. Eric, you remember those meetings? I remember them. So, Eric, I I think one of the things Chris doesn't get to fully experience the Infinite Campus uh, transition because he is not exporting out CSV files. And I believe nope. you you had to do that, right? You were one of the lucky few, like myself, that had to spend weeks exporting CSV files. We did do a fair bit of that, yes. And that was awful. No, Chris, what what magic do you have? They just copied so they've their since SQL database. Yeah, they've since developed a a a button. A button. Yeah. Uh, that is that this like press. the easy button? Yeah. Kind of. Um, it's not always easy, but it can be described as that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I know that me going, uh, when I'm going, I'm getting the benefit of what you guys went through for the state of Missouri to show Missouri's needs yeah. moving from Tyler Sis to Infinite Campus. So I'm getting some gain as far as some of that migration stuff. We, goes, we blazed but... the trail for him, Eric. That's that's all you need to understand. I, I'm proud. You know, when we were implementing, I I was commonly saying this in meetings. Is anyone dying? Yeah. <laughs> Losing their job or at risk of bodily harm today? And if the answer is no to all three of those questions, then we need to lower the temperature in this room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I, I don't look back on those days fondly. Um, so I submitted Well, I am when I'm crying on the way home. um it's okay it's okay to do that chris um eric you'll get a kick out of this i it's it's e-rate season right the the deadline for 471s is i think march 27th this year um which means uh the deadline for 470 is coming up towards the end of next week late late february um but i submitted four 471s this morning for different services cat one and a, and three cat one cat one and three cat twos uh i historically my 471s always for whatever reason linger and don't get approved until the last damn minute like right before july one sure today i submitted those 471s it took me all dang morning i went to lunch Came back from lunch, got distracted with some SSL VPN stuff that we'll get into in a second. When I was walking out the door, I thought, you know what? I'm going to check the status of these 471s real quick and make sure they're not stuck in some PIA review or something. Every one of them was wave-ready status. 
Okay, so it doesn't even make sense to me. The same day they were submitted, they're wave ready status. I here's the deal. I leave and y'all get easy buttons. That's well, it wasn't. It was the same process. It was still horribly tedious and manage. You know, uploading the contracts and bids and doing the FRNs and all that junk. But yeah, less than let's say four hours, they're all wave ready status. I was shocked. So I want to say this. You have submitted your 471s before the deadline for 470s. I think I would still be about <laughs> ready to file a 470. <laughs> no, I'm early. I'm with Chris. That's one thing Chris taught me early on. Um, I, I don't remember how long Chris had been a director when I joined the scene. Um, how long? How long? Are you like 10 years in? Uh, this is my 10th school year. Yeah. So I was, I was 10 years in. Okay. Doing e rate, doing e rate. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm on year twenty. Uh, Chris always said that he he doesn't release. He releases his four seventies over Christmas break, to where Christmas break is a good part of the window. Um, so I've kind of stuck with that. I always end up releasing my four seventies sometime in the month of December, early December, typically, and uh, that way we can file early. I had to take him to the board meeting last week to get the board approval, but um, yeah. So like I, 20, I 20 years ago, I was told, and I don't know if this is right, like at all, but that USAC, the, those that review, like it's a bunch of like college kids and like, maybe you just got a kid that didn't feel like it today. <laughs> He's like, tit, 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 tit. <laughs> I had, I, I will say I had, uh, they did reach out for more information because we have a new building this year and they wanted some sort of documentation from Desi to say that it qualifies as a as an elementary school and it's not a for-profit center mm -hmm. which okay apparently that's standard operating procedure i i had i i've never had a new building before um so i got the documentation for that sent that up like 10 minutes after the request for information was sent to me um and that was one of the four that less than an hour later after that PIA thing it was wave ready status i was that's awesome. shocked shocked and I was kind of watching the list because you can go out there and look and see how many 471s have been submitted and which ones are new. There were like 100, I want to say 100 to 150 471 submitted today. It's AI. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wonder. <laughs> they got chat GPT premium. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you are, if you are responsible for E-rate, get on it because... Uh, the 470 deadlines coming up. Um, this goes out as a, as a public service announcement to everyone patch your stuff. Doesn't matter what your stuff is. Patch it, <laughs> patch it now, patch it early, patch it often. If it's Veeam, if it's Cisco, if it's Fortinet, if it's, I don't care, patch it, especially if it's public facing patch it, patch it tomorrow, patch it next week, patch it. Um, can't get into a whole lot of details of that, but patch your crap. Um, and along those same lines, <clears throat> if you have SSL VPN turned on, look at your logs. Look at your logs tomorrow morning when you're listening to this. You look sound like one of those, like, like you're wearing like the tin hat right now. I'm mm -hmm. not wearing a tin hat. I've seen, I've had He's discussions. Like, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had discussions. Uh, if you have SSL VPN turned on on your firewall, I don't care what your firewall is, Fortinet, Palo, Cisco, SonicWall, SmoothWall, 
you name it. Go check your SSL VPN logs and look and see how many failed login attempts you have. It will be concerning. Yeah. It will be a hundred percent concerning. Do it. Um, I was talking to uh, well, I was talking to Corey. Oh yeah. Uh, today, uh, and we I'm were comparing sorry. some notes on that. No, it was good. It was a good, good phone call. Uh, but something that he was saying, uh, and again, this might be an opportunity to kind of think about this. Uh, if you are doing some VPN stuff, sure would be nice if you were spitting some emails to yourself or to your network admin, sysadmin of successful uh, logins. Like if you only have a couple guys that do that kind of work, uh, just something that you can be in front of activity uh coming into your network, coming in through your firewall kind of thing. Like Corey's full of good ideas. Patch your stuff and maybe think through some automation things that could help you out. Yeah, Bill, I know uh, I'm looking at our sponsorship list tonight. Fortinet's not on here. Um, but listener Bill, who I, I think even interviewed to be a co-host, um, he said he recently got the Forta Analyzer and there is some automation built into that where uh, if there's X number of attempts, failed attempts, SSL VPN from a certain address that Ford Analyzer kicks in with some automation and then can create a deny rule for that IP address. So um, I think high and low of it is leverage your tools to patch your stuff, leverage your tools, and turn off SSL VPN. I think if you just turn off SSL VPN, uh, you'll be in a in a better place, right? Like, why are you off laughing, Chris? You just... You're really you're you're preaching tonight. We're we're going back to basics, man. Just turn it all off and and you're better off. Shut it all down. Shut it all down. Burn it down. That goes back to that listener email. If you see something weird on my network, just burn it down. Uh Chris, let's take our first sponsor break real quick. Managed methods. Managed methods, a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, they're hanging out with us. Uh, all year for 2024 off and on uh, they can help you out with your google stuff with your microsoft 365 uh, we can get into all kinds of use cases that you can use for managed methods but they will help you with your cybersecurity, uh, with your cyber safety with your data uh, with phishing and malware protection with account takeover prevention uh, they can help you out uh, with your data loss prevention uh, even with student self-harm detection or cyber bullying monitoring they have a lot of offerings uh, they can help you out with many different aspects uh, of your technology program. So check out Managed Methods. And let them know that you heard about them here. I'll, I'll uh, give them a plug here. I was a, a previous user. Great product. Not that I And got then you quit. I left. <laughs> yeah. It, it was so good. You ran you out. Uh, you left them. They didn't leave you. So you left uh, us. We didn't leave you. I'm still here. Chris, <laughs> you said there was a, a message out in Pro about uh, Google's now Gemini product. It was renamed from Bard. They've renamed it to Gemini. Uh, you said there was a question out in K12 Tech Pro about enabling that. What is that? I believe it was coming from Dan over on K12 Tech Pro. Uh, talking about in Google Admin Console, there's this setting to allow for early adoption. Um, and do we allow that? Do we go for that? Do we let staff, faculty, students? I, I, I think there's an easy question of do you have that on in your Google Admin Console? But then a bigger question is, generally speaking, 
what's the tech department stance on letting people access things that are early or that are in beta? Uh, what say you, Josh and Eric? Um, we've, we've had the early adoption turned on for quite a while. And I don't remember what the feature was that was coming out that kind of pushed us to do that. Um, and if, if I understand it right, the, the early adoption option, either yes or no, or quick, it's not quick release. It's like early rollout. I forget what it's called with Google. It's not necessarily that it's a beta feature. You're not testing it. You it's the, the feature has been through all of its testing it's You're called just, early access apps. There you go. You are just opting in to receive it earlier than their normal release schedule. Um, and there, I don't remember if it was the plagiarism detection. There was some feature a while back that we wanted quickly yeah. and we, we turned it on then. Um, and I think Dan's question was more related to, to Gemini. Cause I think Google stance is now, uh, to have Gemini available in your Google Workspace for Education, you've got to have that turned on, right? Is that what Dan's mm -hmm. was more or less about? So yeah, we're there. We we have it turned on. I'm not scared. My question: Eric, does, does it come with any like? Did Google update any privacy policies with the rollout of it? Does it fall under the regular umbrella of everything else? It <clears throat> well, that's going to be on an app by app basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually, you know what, I need to go look and see where Gemini is falling under, if it's one of the additional services or yeah. if it's, these are additional services yeah, and are not covered under your Google workspace agreement. So it's similar to your YouTube and every, your, all, yeah. all your other ones that sit out yeah. there like that. Yeah. And we, we've got AI turned off for our students right now anyway. So that would just be a faculty thing. Um, I guess I just have general concerns about what we feed into AI and, where that data is pooled you know like sure. does it does it stay sandboxed for you or is that uh feeding the beast and uh, i i just have general concerns and maybe i'll highlight this later just about the breakneck pace that k-12 tech adopts new technologies um because you're always trying to like uh, sit on a line of being innovative and meeting needs but also wanting to make sure that you respect privacy and security of your systems so well it's funny eric because i'm sitting here on my other screen there i have facebook open and there is a uh an article about the city of columbia missouri columbia missouri rolling out an ai chat bot for their uh their power service and it's going to give citizens and the ability to get questions answered by this AI chatbot about trash, about power. When's my recycle bill? When, when's my trash bill due? When's my utility bill? All from an AI chatbot. And then um, it's going to take over the grid. Yes, it's going to it's going to insert itself into the grid and live off the grid. <laughs> um, so that's because. Do you really are. think one of the first jobs we should give AI, AI is to talk about trash? You well, know what I mean. That, like that's the gig. AI is going to get ticked and creating <laughs> podcast artwork. And I mean, I, I, like, I live just... yeah, we're giving AI trash, like, literal trash jobs right now. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to be surprised when it decides to do bigger things. Yeah. I, I live about 20 <laughs> minutes south of, of uh, said city. And um, I asked somebody once who was from there, I said, you know, how do you like living there? He's like, the trash service is terrible. 
was like, why, <laughs> why is that the thing you're telling me about? So I, now I see why the city is implementing AI. They, they're really <laughs> they're tired complaints. of hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In case you didn't know, we don't have an artist on board. Mark just is able to manipulate AI really, really well. And he does all of our, our uh, episode artwork with AI. Uh, it's pretty. Is that picture of the girl poking the cow for clever MFA? Yes, it was awesome. <laughs> Josh, I do, I do have to tell you, um, I was playing with AI the other night, and there's a there's a famous picture of Josh on a cruise. Uh, I think he had oh, a few glasses yeah. of bourbon. More than a few. And yeah, um, I I asked, um, I think it was Dolly or one of those uh, AI image generators, and I said, "Can you do this picture of my friend and make him look more like George Costanza?" And it said, "I'm sorry, I cannot create likenesses of your friend." And I said, "Okay." How about you do it of me? And it did it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you didn't share that picture with anyone. So the question is, where is it now? It was uh, that was one of my trump cards that I was holding, and now I let it out. <laughs> I don't think I don't. You can't say that on the pod. You can't say card on the podcast. Um, so <laughs> let let's let's get into it, Eric. Um, so you have. You you had an illustrious career in K twelve technology uh, that lasted. How how long were you in K twelve tech? I was in K twelve tech for eight years. Okay, were you were a teacher before that or no? teacher? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. correct. We keep having these people on here that are tech people that started as teachers. Um, Mark but, and I are cut from the same cloth. Yeah, you and Mark are two flocks of are two feathers of a bird. Um, so you have since left K twelve. Uh, it's still unclear if you were asked. Uh, he left K twelve tech. He still has some pulse on K twelve. Yes, I do. And you recently wrote this article for K twelve Tech Pro, more or less outside looking in and your observations of K twelve technology. Now that you are kind of arm arm's length away, you're still able to reach and touch us, which I appreciate. But you're you're at that arm's length away. Um, why don't you give us a little bit more background into uh, that article? Oh, I think I actually started thinking about that article about two months after I left. And um, just being away, taking a breath, and um, for the first time in years, feeling like I had an opportunity to reflect on things that should be different. Because, you know, just kind of like Chris was saying, you get in the car and you go home and you're like, I, I need... I need something. Um, and you don't have time to kind of like process everything that you see wrong. And you're just trying to fix the things that are coming at you left and right. So I felt like it was a good opportunity for me to take a step back and say, all right, now that I've had a couple months, let's look at the things that I think could change or should change. And that's, that's where kind of born out of just ideas over time. Yeah. One of the first topics that you hit on uh, is staffing and and you you pull no punches here and your statement is understaffing is a major issue um so correlating k-12 it staffing to private industry it staffing is that what drove that statement or i mean it, we we all pretty much assume that i k-12 it's are understaffed but yeah did, did yeah. leaving kind of make that even more clear Oh, for sure. So especially when you're out outside looking in and in private industry, you're able to look 
at the staffing models um, and say, wow, I can't believe we were doing what we were doing with people we had. Uh, I think I saw a statistic that like a suggested model and they're all over the place. And I wanna say it was actually Google saying this it was like one to 70 in private industry, one tech to 70 employees. Jeez. And that K-12 tech is often one employee to a thousand. Um, so like you look at that and you say, why is there such an imbalance? And I, I, having been somebody who advocated for hiring more people in a school, um, I don't even think I even got close to advocating for what we needed, and which is crazy to me because I'd advocate for another employee here, another employee there, and they're like, eh, maybe not, I don't know, what's other schools doing? And that, I think, is the real problem, is that we always look to the school next door and we say, yeah. what are they doing? And quite often they're understaffed too, but we all continue to go with that status quo because it fits a budget model. But we're, we're not thinking about the fact that while technology has become easier to implement, we've gotten a lot better with automation and, and mobile device management and mass deployment of devices. We have rolled out so many technologies so quickly that we don't have enough hands to cover. Um, and I just, I keep reflecting on that and thinking how that needs to be better in K-12. Well, and your, your next point talks to that specifically was, you know, due to that understaffing cybersecurity takes a back seat. And I think um, we've, we're seeing that now I, you can, you know, infer what you want from my comments earlier about patch everything, but um, cybersecurity's a back seat uh, is, mm -hmm. is a, you know, a, a lower tier and it really shouldn't be, you know, there was a, an article sent out in our, or uh, an email sent out in our state distribution list today that references a CVE from 2020 that has been leveraged uh, several times very recently in our state. So with that in mind, I mean, that, that just drives home your statement yeah. about cyber even more. Right. So uh, I, I can say this. I, I remember being like, do we patch this? Because it's going to break something when we do. We don't have time for this. And so a lot of times we're worried about that. Um, breaking something more by, by trying to make it more secure. And then the other piece of all that is cybersecurity often, I know now it's not so much of a luxury item, but it often seems like, well, what's really at stake here? Like in private industry, you could have millions and millions of dollars of lost productivity and time. And so I don't think schools are properly viewing their student data records and the time learning uh, with a dollar value attached to it, like private industry does. Sure. I, I know there is a PR factor attached to it. You know, that you don't have to search real hard to see what's going on in a district in Missouri right now as we're recording this. Um, and the Facebook comments, I, I spent, I shouldn't have done this, but I spent some time looking through some of the Facebook you, comments. You did it. You dipped your toe in it. I did. And, it, you know, part of me wants to reply, but it doesn't take a whole lot to figure out who I am and where I work if I were to reply. Um, but, you know, News in St. In Louis, the major market that this school district is closest to, is pick, have picked up the story and made Facebook posts about it. You know, the school shut down for two days, blah, 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 blah. Um, the comments from the general community in the, in the region are just, what do you mean you can't, you can't have school without the internet? Back in my day, like, one, that's a truly uninformed statement. For sure from people that really have absolute, like I, literally we were starting the podcast tonight 
I got a text message from a friend of mine that said they can't even secure their doors. Their locks are down too. I'm like, well, yeah, that that's common sense. Like almost every school has a door lock system that rides the network. If the network is down, the door locks are down. If the network is down, the phones are probably down. If the network is down, security cameras are probably down. You can't take attendance. You can't serve lunch. You like, there are so many critical pieces of school that are non, not both instructional and non-instructional support services that ride the network nowadays. It does not take much for school to be canceled because the network isn't up. Like if, if you don't know when, what bus routes are late, how, how are you going to do that? If you don't have internet, how are you right. going to know what kids are where, how devil's advocate. Let's say you you decide to have school and you don't have internet. Let's say you have some sort of fire or tornado rolls through here in the Midwest. What are you doing about reunification and, and knowing what kids are where if you don't have, like, it is a major All, all the risk. records are digital. Yeah, it and, is a major risk having school without the internet. And that, that goes back to my point about um, understaffing. And we put so much reliance. You just outlined all of the things, the, the ring of all the things that are reliant on technology. Literally the entire school day is reliant on it happening. In the same way that if the district was out of power, you would probably say, yeah, we probably shouldn't have school. Yeah. Uh, and, and we continue to support that model of everything relying on technology with one tech per thousand people. I know some districts are better than that, but that just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that's kind of the average that that I keep coming back to is is that one technician per thousand people, and it, that's that is I I came from private industry nonprofit world. It is unfathomable to try and run an NPO of any size with one IT person per thousand people. Like you, it, no way, no no, no. way. And, and I also want to point out that with every one of those people also comes a few parents. Oh, yeah. And maybe right. community members. Right. That isn't always the clientele in private industry. Um, you have an employee and you deal with that employee um, in K-12 tech. It, it's far greater than that. So, yeah, no, it, it doesn't take much to, you know, grandma, and grandpa have custody of a kid. And now grandma and grandpa need to be in your uh, emergency message messaging application and they don't have smartphones. They've got jitterbugs. How, how, yeah. who, yeah. who's handling that? Who's taking care of that? And that probably multi-hour phone call to get them signed up for that emergency notification app. Like, yeah, it, it's, it, it's wild. Um, so I'm um, nervous to talk cause my Wi-Fi is cutting out. Yeah. You're good right now. Can go. you hear I got me? You. Yes. Go. <laughs> The wind's blowing the right direction. Go. I lived as a tech director of a thousand kids and it, it was hard and it was hard like to go fix the printer, then go fix the smart board, then go work on the sys server. It was hard to lift up a battery backup by yourself. Like, and tons of schools do this all the time with just one tech, like, and it's rough. Yeah. It's rough to get the job done. Like physically, uh, but just to make it through the day and again, feel like you accomplished something and it's a disservice in a lot of ways to the kids, to the faculty, to the staff, 
uh, to the tech program that it can be because one person can't do it all. Well, right. and, and if you're a one-man shop, you're you're probably doing E-rate, you're doing how much other compliance stuff, and you're not doing broke fix. You're not doing yeah. upgrade. You know, like a, a one-man shop has a lot of extra overhead associated with it than a two-man shop in the similar environment. Right. Um, Chris, since the wind is blowing the right way, why don't you tell us about Absolute real quick? Absolute, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Still good? Yes. <laughs> you can email oschmidt at absolute.com. That's oschmidt. I'll put it in the podcast description. Uh, they can help you boost your endpoint visibility uh, on or off campus. Uh, they can help you have control uh, of things like remote file detection and data wiping, and, you know, freezing your Windows laptops when they're at risk. Uh, that kind of stuff, setting up geofences either. Uh, they can help you with your endpoints, uh, help you respond to security breaches. So check out Absolute at absolute.com or email oschmidt for details. All right. We thank Absolute. So Eric, along with this, you know, being being a, a mini hat wearer and you've got your staff of one person per thousand technicians, uh, the salary's good, right? <laughs> okay so that was another thing that i really reflected back on because it's another problem that school administrators have when they ask what should we pay school techs and they start looking to the school district next to them and the reality is the school district next to you is not paying what they're worth either right um you need to be going at least somewhere in the nearby market maybe you're in a really small town go to the closest market and look at what they're getting paid because they're not going to keep doing it out of the goodness of their heart forever yeah. and um it's so so important that schools have highly qualified individuals in this area as we said everything is dependent on it it is a critical service in the school district and when you have people coming and going all the time it, it's impossible to keep a secure network. And then one of the other things I mentioned is change management. When, when you're constantly band-aiding everything through, uh, band-aiding everything to get along, and the superintendent or principal comes to you with another application and says, let's implement this, there's no sandboxing, there's no testing. It's just go, and um, that's dangerous. But we do it. <laughs> yeah. So... School administrator, if you're listening, take your IT salary for your technician, which might be, you know, 15 bucks an hour, 18 bucks an hour, double it. That's the entry level that it should be. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the one of the last ones that you hit on here is school tech departments are both uh, over and under involved. Kind of explain me, explain the over involved part of that. Okay, so when I say over-involved, I mean the tech department touches every single thing in that school district. Your nurse's office, your front office, your counseling office, your bell schedule, your fire alarms, your burglar alarms, your security cameras, the internet, all the applications that your students have running for them. And it's it literally touches everything. Um, so when when you're a K-12 tech director, you're a project manager for everything in that school district, pretty much, barring maybe some HR. <laughs> uh, yeah, but even which, that, if it's got a even, portal, yeah. You're, it's got you're, a portal, yeah. yeah. You're still running the, the uh, HR and um, 
finance systems. So like, yeah, you're, you're out of luck. You're touching everything. Um, and under involved, I think that's kind of self-explanatory as far as, you know, maybe not getting brought in on a project as early as you should, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a PO being cut before anything's even mentioned to you. Uh, that's, I think, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I can I know this, this might feel like kind of preaching to the choir kind of situation. Um, but it feels like we've done that all night tonight. I started out the show doing that. Uh, but I think it's good to hear that from a third party that, like we've said, you're not really associated with K-12 anymore. You're sort of in that, in that realm still, but you are, you are on the outside looking in and th those mm -hmm. thoughts have been validated now that you're outside. Yeah. Um, so I, what, a couple things that I like that you cover in here, uh, what, what you miss, what do you, what do you miss about the K-12 environment? Um, maybe that you didn't expect to miss when you, yeah, were. well, I missed this. Um, I, and when I say that, I mean, um, uh, I've been watching a bunch of tech directors go back and forth, trying to figure out how to help a neighboring district. And I think about that, that doesn't really exist in private industry. Uh, companies aren't like calling each other up and saying, how are you doing this? And that's something that's really powerful and special about K-12 tech is that you're able to be on a text thread with 20 other tech directors and you're all bouncing ideas off each other, how to stay more secure or how to do something more efficiently. And I think that that's, that's really powerful. The K-12 tech community is, is helpful. It's, it's caring and it's understanding. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I miss. Uh, I also miss just seeing kids in the halls. And like I said, um, techs aren't gonna continue doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Maybe some will, because that really helps you stick around um, because you see the impact you're making. And, and often in, in private industry, you're not really connected quite the same way to the mission as you are in schools. You, you literally see your product um, at a school walk across that stage every year in May and June. And that's really cool to see that you're sending people out into the world. Because, and I truly still believe this, that um, education is one of the most important things that we focus on as a country um, globally, that, that that is the thing that empowers people to rise out of poverty. I'm not trying to get political, but like, I think it is one of the biggest and best catalysts uh, that we have to change society. And so, um, I just think that's really powerful that you get to be involved in that. Um, what don't I'll wipe you... a little tear out of my eye? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like he's working for the Department of Education. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> what What don't you miss, Eric? Oh, uh, so one of the things I don't miss is that it... campus. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I do have to I do have to clear the air. I did not leave because of K-12. <laughs> um, I I left because I needed to be closer to my family and I was making a pretty long commute. Um, so but what I will say, I would I do not miss this was the like coming home two weeks after and I'm like, holy crap, my phone doesn't ring all the time. And it's not five o'clock and it's some salesperson who's gotten a hold of my phone number, um, asking me if I want to buy something and I I was terrible at just hanging up because that's not the kind of person I am. Yeah. I got better at it towards the end um, because I'm like, that's another person on the other end of the line. But I, I really did not like how often there were sales pitches coming at me. 
um, as a as a tech director. Um, and then the other thing is just worry, constantly worrying, um, whether it be is one of our students doing something online right now that they shouldn't be doing or um, exhibiting signs of self-harm that we should be worried about, or is our network secure right now? Um, are we just sitting ducks waiting for the next ransomware attack? That kind of thing. Those are the things that really keep you awake. And then finally, I don't miss what it felt like impossible expectations that you're constantly being expected to implement the next application and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And there was never any, let's just sit still for a second and, and make sure we've got this as good as it can be. Um, and I just, I feel like there's constantly the expectation to do more. Yeah. And I, I feel like that expectation really had gas poured on it during COVID um, mm-hmm. because there was just application after application after application that supported e-learning. That's, you know, just that there was so much th- thrown at districts during that time. From, and I honestly really don't think it's let up. Like it no. still feels, you know, new mandates from the state. From I agree. Different you know, the, the reading tools that the state has to use, the dyslexia training and, and screenings that have to happen. While the, both of those things are super important and can address needs that may have gone under-diagnosed or under-found, whatever that term might be, in the past, um, there are still so many things changing and being added. It's it's crazy. I, I go back to thinking, if I felt overburdened, by all the things that we were implementing. I think our teachers feel overburdened by all the things that are being implemented too. Because I, I do think that we're constantly looking for that silver bullet in education. We've got, okay, we've got learning loss. What do we do now? COVID caused learning loss. Okay, we've got kids behind in reading. What do we do now? And that, those are really good questions to ask. And it's there's some really big strides being made in education to be data-driven, which is great. But sometimes I, I wonder if we shouldn't just like say, time out. Like, we've been doing this for a long time and we know how to build relationships with kids and we know how to teach them. Um, Maybe we go back to a few of the basics and I'm I'm not advocating in any way that like stop using technology. Oh, I am. uh, (laughs) Turn off the TikToks. Yeah. Well, I, I think the amount of technology that was introduced over the last four years, it has in some cases become a crutch um it it you know rather than a, a teacher delivering instruction or a teacher delivering content now we have applications that are doing that and and granted it's in a differentiated instruction or a differentiated model so that each kid is is receiving content where they need it which is awesome but it's still not a replacement for a human delivering content and like you said eric the more important part of that a human building the connections and building in relationships from human to human yeah a, a chromebook is not going to do that an application a website service ixl study yeah. that it will not do that um so yeah. we need I, we need to get technology technology offers a, a tool and an avenue, but it's not the thing that's going to set them on fire to want to be the next president or um, invent, uh, be an inventor or, or cure something. And that really comes from the relationships. You you ever talk to people who were, have been really successful and you say, what was it? Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you that it was a relationship they had with a the teacher. 
um, or somebody in a school and that's profound. And I don't often hear people like my Chromebook tell me how to do this. Um, well, that, GPT my, my Asus. <laughs> my Asus inspired me. Chat, chat GPT told me. Uh, so Eric, rounding all of this out, distilling it down, uh, what would your recommendations for, for K-12 techs be now that you're on the outside? Well, I to the outside. The, uh, take a take a couple month break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but in, in all seriousness, question the status quo. Take a step back and say, don't don't keep saying because the school district next to us is doing it this way. Not that they're not a good guide for you, but think about things outside education for a few minutes and and say, are we doing a disservice to students? by implementing this, 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 and this. And also, are we doing a disservice to students by not expanding our tech department to be able to support it? Um, so that's my first kind of thing is take a step back. And then once you kind of reflect on what you know is right, advocate for that, get a seat at the table, make sure that you're heard um, or otherwise get out because I, if, if you're not being taken seriously in a school district, um, and your, your advice isn't going anywhere, um, I, I'm sorry for you. Uh, but I, I will say, my, I think my biggest thing is take care of yourself um, and make sure that when you take a day off, you're actually unplugging and taking a day off. And I know that's not always possible, but you have spring break when, when the school shut down, actually take the time to yeah. hamper yourself. Burn some vacation. Where did Eric go? He ran somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible Lord. joke, Chris. <laughs> too soon for some. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Way too soon for some. Uh, Chris, why don't you round us out tonight and tell us about HPE Aruba? A proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, and they hang out with us at Midwest Tech Talk. We have the Midwest Tech Talk Security Symposium. Uh, which is our first K-12 Tech Pro meetup coming up in March. Uh, you can check out MidwestTechTalk.com, uh, but email Jeff.Cobb at HPE.com uh, to get some pricing on your Aruba access points, mobility controllers, whatever it is uh, that you're needing with Aruba. Uh, Jeff can hook you up. I have an Aruba tattoo. I think Eric has one as well. Uh, they match. Um, how do you spell Jeff's last name for people wondering? C-O-B-B. That's what I thought. C-O- Jeff Cobb at hpearuba.net. Yep. All right, hey, do you know, uh, Eric and I, we, we watched, uh, who was the guy we went and saw in concert? Vance Joy. You paid for it twice. <laughs> Vance, oh yeah. Vance we saw Joy. Vance Joy. And now every time Vance Joy comes on my Spotify, like I think of Eric. Oh, thank you. Hey, and anytime I go to Sonic, I think of Chris. Um, <laughs> so I did ask Chad GPT in honor of Chris um, to come up with a few Sonic drinks that Chris hasn't thought of. Are you ready for them? Oh, I'm ready for that. <laughs> so actually one I can't say. Um, okay, this one's a pink flamingo. Taking notes, Chris? It's a blend of Sprite, pineapple, orange, and cherry flavors. You can request this. Um, a Sonic Sunrise. It is a mix of cherry limeade and some orange juice. Mm, or, uh, well, of course, it recommended the candy slushes. 
Um, but it recommends Jolly Ranchers and not your famous nerds. I haven't tried Jolly Ranchers. Once this podcast really goes mainstream, Sonic's going to name a drink after you. Wait, what? We're not mainstream? <laughs> well, I mean, outside the K-12. Statute. I want the crispy chicken sandwich. Crispy uh. <laughs> chicken sandwich. Um, Chris, remind everyone what your what your nerd drink is. Okay, you go to your local Sonic, right? Go local because you need this relationship to be established. And you're going to order a lemonade slush. And you do it in this order. Lemonade slush. Add strawberry, like the real fruit strawberry. Add nerds. If you're lucky, they're not used to that. They're going to forget to put the nerds in. To which you push the button. You say, hey, you forgot my nerds. You can just put them in a cup. They're going to bring you a small. It's going to be, you know, high school, college kids, probably. Yeah. They're like, oh, my gosh, we've got the nerds. They're going to give you like a huge a cup drink. of nerds. A medium yes. drink full of nerds. Yeah. You just pour the nerds into that drink. They're all going to sit at the top. You stir, 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 stir. There's going to be about half that sink to the bottom. That's cool because after you drink that whole thing, there's like slime nerd stuff at the bottom and you do the couple little tappy tap, 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 and it slides in. I do have to ask you, Chris, because you really give the car hops in your town a, a real run for their money. Do you tip it, Sonic? It depends. They have the option now. They do have the option now. But honestly, in full transparency, I am known to not be the best at tipping. Usually at restaurants, I slide the bill to my wife and she does the quick math because she's a better tipper. We've learned so much. <laughs> I like the tap, tap, tap. I didn't know. That's like you got to hit the Heinz bottle on the 57. Slides yeah. down. It's so appetizing. <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> Moral of the story, ask Chat GPT for a better drink. Uh, so to Eric's point, to help us go mainstream, you need to share the podcast with your friends. We've seen some amazing growth over the last uh, year. Uh, we're hope we're hoping to break hundred a hundred thousand uh, downloads here really soon. Um, so yeah, help us help us hit that level. Share us with your meeting groups, with your friends, uh, even with your enemies. We don't we don't care. Hopefully they'll like us. Um, we don't care. So yeah. Share, share us about shoot us an email k12 tech talk at gmail.com uh we're on twitter x whatever it's called linkedin uh find us on socials this was episode 155 i guess mark will be back next week that's we're unsure of his what if he quit i don't think he quit um yeah if you see mark in the wild oh we should he didn't like it when we did this the last time <laughs> <laughs> if, you see, if you see Mark in the wild, uh, uh, take a picture and, and tweet us or email us where Mark, where's Mark? Where's Mark? All right. That was episode 155. Thanks for listening. MFA. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material and information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.